Now the move to Axe. Look in the middle, don't score. The roommates. Bridge to Orlando. This episode is proudly sponsored by Evative Learning. If you are an education major or anyone considering a career in teaching, you won't want to miss this. Evative Learning is an innovative educational consulting company that is revolutionizing the way aspiring teachers prepare for their careers. As a proud sponsor of the Lax Lounge podcast and Cabrini Lacrosse, Evative is here to help you take your teaching aspirations to new heights. Evative offers a comprehensive one-on-one coaching program, tailored specifically for those interested in entering the teaching profession. With Evative's coaching program, you'll receive personalized guidance and support to help you succeed in your career. They provide mock interviews, guided job searches, resume optimization, and much more. Their team of experienced educators and career coaches will equip you with the skills and knowledge needed to excel in the competitive world of teaching. One of the most incredible aspects of Evative's coaching program is their guarantee. Yes, you heard it right. They guarantee at least one job offer within the first three months of coaching. That's an amazing opportunity you don't want to miss. For just $250 per month, Evative guarantees that you will receive at least one job offer. Imagine the peace of mind knowing that your investment in coaching will lead to tangible results. It's an offer you can't afford to pass up. So whether you're a current education major, a recent graduate, or someone looking to make a career change into teaching, Evative Learning is here to support you and guide you in every step of the way. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to secure your job as a teacher. Visit their website at www.evative.com to learn more about their coaching program and how they can help you kickstart your teaching career. Once again, that is www.evative.com. Hello. And we are here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, into the Lax Lounge. I'm your host, Jason Fridge. That's my other host, Nick Mormando. What up? And usually this would be the time when we send it over to our guest, who, if you are a Lax Lounge enthusiast watching on YouTube, you would know they are sitting where I'm sitting. And that means that I'm the guest. Nick, start interviewing me. Uh, that was great. Thank you. That, was, that was a great intro for our um, second take. Yes. A fun <laughs> fact. Uh, we actually did an entire intro of this episode up leading into a, our first segment. And then I realized I never hit record and thank God I caught myself. Cause I usually just like I'm at, on the computer. I can see the time or for how long we're running. And I was looking at it being like, I wonder how long this has been, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why can't I see it? And then I see a giant blue button at the bottom that says record. And I'm like, yo, I should probably hit that first. It was only like 45 seconds in. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're good. I think it was like we're probably rolling on to like, like right now we're at three minutes. This is around the time that we're at. Um, but as we were saying. We're feeling good. We are feeling great. And we have not recorded a podcast in two weeks. Yeah, and that is kind of because we had some scheduling conflicts with some of the guests that we wanted on. But we're taking it as an opportunity because this is something that we've been thinking about for a while of having more solo episodes. The last time it was just me and Nick shooting the shit was when our school shut down and we had yeah. to have an emergency pod. Yeah. Um, Very so devastating. We do have another emergency. Cabrini's actually shutting down again. Uh, so that's why we're here for the second time talking to you guys. Uh, but no, we want to start doing this. Uh, every month or so, just kind of like a one-on-one connection, you know, check in with our Lax Lounge enthusiasts, tell some stories from our lives, recap some stuff that's going on, and we think that's going to be a great way to connect with our audience. Yeah, totally. Right now, we are uh, currently watching Game 6 of, or, what, no? Game, yes, yeah, game, game, six, six, game 6. Game 6, uh, Phillies, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, and we are losing right now, 5-1. to one. And Kyle Schwarber just got picked off at second base, so it's going to go... 
to the top of the eighth. And it's not looking good. For it's the it's movies, not. But it's but okay. We're the, the Fightings. And you guys are leading in the series. You're going to have home field advantage. Yes, we'll we play will. at the bank no matter what, um, whether that's tomorrow or you just have a big comeback and win it today. Uh, but back to lacrosse, which is why we're here. And we've had a busy couple weeks, so we have a lot to get into. Uh, Cabrini lacrosse fall ball is in full swing. We've been competing. We've been flying around, and we've been doing it together. But we will get to that in a little bit first off we got to get into our first segment and usually with our guests we have something called the fast five questions well there isn't a guest today so we have taken it upon ourselves to each pick five questions that we will ask the other person and that will be our fast five so we are interviewing each other today it's a little roommate bonding yes right? sir would you like to get us started i would Nicholas? love to get us started you usually pick up the question so i'm very curious about what your five look like mine have a theme and i'll be honest most of my questions are answers that like i'm going to give afterwards as like this is mine because i want to like you know i want to get into this a little bit i I guess i'll also do that with mine and you know with the subject being you i kind of crafted my list i'm for you i'm very Um, excited i know i don't have to tell you the fast five rules but i'm going to anyways five five Simple questions, simple answers, no more than a sentence. No more than a sentence. You will give more than a sentence because yes. you are Jason Fridge. Tis I. Starting off, favorite fruit? Pineapple. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas. No, there's no other answer. Funny or scary movies? Ooh, I love a good scary movie. Favorite song right now? Right now? Oh, I have to look. and What's a bumping song that I've been putting on? Oh, um... Okay, something in the orange is my go-to like good vibe song, but I'm gonna give an honorable mention to this song came on "Lose Control" by Teddy Swims. I listened to it before a game in OC, and I actually thought I was gonna run through a brick wall. Did you lose control? I did, a little bit. Love that. A lot of it. Uh, lastly, the Beatles or Queen? Queen. That's an easy one for me. I've always been a big Queen fan. Freddie Mercury is a dog. Also, that movie bohemian rhapsody yet to see it yet to see it really yeah it's a good one the one that i haven't seen yet is rocket man i've not seen seen that either um yeah that's always very very good and i've heard that the movie is just like bohemian rhapsody but on steroids and it's just nuts because i think bohemian rhapsody is pg-13 rocket man is r and the jump from pg-13 to r is very real when talking about elton john right yeah yeah Apparently, uh, there is a lot of white powder that goes into his nose. Just a crazy life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, life on the road in general is just like crazy. Yeah. Even like early life, though. Yeah. Pretty so, uh, we will go through your answers to your questions. Actually, let's just do it. Should we do it right now? Get it over with? Yeah, I guess so. My I'm favorite very, fruit very is, I, like, I love strawberries. Uh, love Christmas also. Yeah. Big fan of funny movies. Favorite song right now? Something in the Orange. Great song. Amazing. Uh, and I am also a fan of the Queen. More, than, more so more than the Beatles. But the Beatles, they're awesome. I do like how we both said right away, Christmas every Thanksgiving. I don't think... It, actually, I did hear people... I think it was Seb, Matt, and someone else in condition. We were talking about this. And they're like, I'm so excited for Thanksgiving. Like, it is the best holiday. You just get to eat a bunch of food. You get to hang out with your family. And I'm like, Thanksgiving kind of sucks. Like, I've never been a Thanksgiving fan. It's just a gateway to Christmas season. That's what I see. I can see that. Because my Christmas dinners 
are basically a Thanksgiving in our family. Yeah. Like it's a giant potluck. Everyone comes together and it's Christmas. So it's just like that much more awesome. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. I mean, my dinners are practically the same from yeah. <laughs> month to month. And hot take. We usually do ham for Christmas. I'm way more of a ham guy than I am a turkey guy. I would agree with you. Um, I When turkey's done right. It's delicious. Yes. When turkey's done right and you have the right accoutrements to go along with it. Too big of a word for me. <laughs> um, stuff like sauce, uh, condiments. sides, condiments. Yeah. <laughs> accoutrements. Um, Jason for word a day. But when you have that to go along with the turkey, it can be outstanding. Uh, white or dark meat? White meat. Good. Okay. We're on the same page. We're the same person right now. Um, I have a feeling that that's going to shift away in a little bit. Definitely will. Uh, I love that you put something in the orange of your favorite song too, because that's one of those songs. No matter what, I'll throw is an honorable on. mention out real fast. Sorry okay. to cut you off. Uh, Mama's song by Cody Jenks. Ooh. It's been one of my like top five for the past like two years. Is that right. the one that you played for me the one time? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I think yeah, because I remember Cody Jenks sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely like, played you probably one of his songs. I but. think you're like this is one of the greatest songs you've never heard. And it was a very good song. Sorry, good. I can confirm. The unplugged version, to be specific. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, Lose Control. I thought it was Chris Stapleton who was singing when I first... Because it came on as we were going over the bridge in Ocean City. And I literally was like, oh, wow. I didn't know Chris because I had my... Uh, here's another thing that's very unpopular about me. I'm a big Pandora guy. Like, I don't use Spotify, Apple Music. I use Pandora radios. And it's part of my personality, so I just do it. I'm too cheap to play for, pay for premium anyways. So, like, just normal Pandora. I have a, three of my big radios. Country music radio, rap hip-hop radio, and classic rock radio. I was on rap hip-hop radio for this because I want to, you know, get, get my juice going. Get, get everything kind of ready for the game. I don't want to be mellow out. Country's like my, you know, I'm in a good mood. Like, sit down, chill. Uh, I'm trying to get locked in. Lose Control comes on, and I think it's Chris Stapleton. I'm like, how the fuck is Chris Stapleton on a rap hip-hop? Like radio, whatever, what is going on? Look at the song. I see I've already liked it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I've, I've heard this before. Um, and then I'm like, oh, Teddy swims. And it gets into it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is what I needed right now. And I just like got into my angry mode where I'm like, I'm ready to kill someone. <laughs> and it was perfect because we were playing a game in two hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, Never heard of that guy before. Uh, trust me, try that song. And I've, I've never heard of him either, but he's got a great song, and it's wow. called Lose Control. Lose Control. Shout out, Teddy Swims. Uh, I would probably put the song in the podcast, but copyright. Yeah, we don't do that. Thank, no. thank you, Jules, for your uh, non-copyrighted yes. music. Uh, I won't say the uh, the word, but uh, we're going to do something for Jules later in the episode, uh, as, we, as we always do. We always we, do. We, we can't do it at the beginning. We can't. Jules, you get, you get a little bit of a mention, but not the S word yet. What's up, man? <laughs> here are now the fast five that i have for you i know the rules don't worry mr nicholas do you know the rules i do okay i broke the rules so they don't you really did. matter it do not matter rules are just a uh social structure that Confinement. I, I break through barriers first question favorite item of clothing as a kid as a kid Ooh, i had this pair of uh pink uh shorts that had green dinosaurs on 
what, what crawl shorts they were yep. fire. Okay. Got, got them in fourth grade i know exactly what shorts you're talking about too great shorts the they had a bunch of those different ones where it was like the monkey with the bananas mm-hmm. um a bunch of different design they were they were og all right uh iconic phrase you said as a kid so i mean like something that either you mispronounced or it was just like it was a next staple that you'd whip out damn it's a good one uh i think my if my mom is listening i say if my mom's listening uh she should know where i'm going with this one damn dude i don't know uh i guess to help you out my answer for this when i was a kid i would always like try to say leave me alone and i couldn't say the l so i'd say leave me alone (laughs) and it's like still an iconic thing that my parents will whip out to this day like leave me alone i'm done I'm going to my womb. Oh, man. I have no idea. Were you really that tame? Like, you didn't just have a, an iconic phrase? You just you messed up every time? Nah. I guess we can move I, I don't know. I just can't think of one, I guess. We can move on if it comes my, to My later. apologies. It's okay. Um, I just want to throw a weave me alone in. So, uh, weave me alone. Weave me alone. Weave me alone. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit of a rebel child. There you go. Worst haircut or hair decision you've ever made? Getting a haircut around the corner, a hair cutter. <laughs> Is that even what it's called? What? Oh, supercuts. Supercuts. Yeah. Sorry, hair cutter. <laughs> supercuts. Yeah, that was a horrible decision. I'm not even that big a hater of supercuts. Yeah, um, dude, you get no offense. I mean, it's not offensive, but you, your hair is the easiest hair in the world to cut. High not, and tight, baby. Not, not hard. My hair, on the other hand, not taking my hat and headset off. Pretty hard to cut. I got my boy Fatah back in uh back in my area, my neck of the woods. He's a beauty. Your next question? Yes. Um, craziest punishment for being a naughty kid. Ooh. Uh, Ma, Dad, if you're listening, this was the right punishment, but it was just, it's hilarious to think about. I got my camera taken away in uh, eighth grade, like, on my phone. My parents put, like, restrictions on my phone. I got my camera taken away. I got into a little bit of trouble in uh, eighth grade. I took a surreptitious photo in class. Uh, I've told you the story. I'm not going to tell it on air. Nick Mormando, uh, word of the day, surreptitious. Yeah, I learned that word in eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Kelly. I know you're not listening, but uh, yeah, you told me that word. Uh, yeah, I took a picture, got in trouble. Uh, life lesson learned. And uh, it wasn't my, you know, I took the picture. The picture got spread, but I didn't do the spreading, but it all came back to me. So live and learn. No phone for eighth grade, Nick. Final question. It is spooky season. Favorite Halloween costume as a kid? Ooh. So I, I was the Red Power Ranger, like, two years. I know you said you were Blue Power Ranger. Uh, Blue Power Ranger for the win. You know, funny, the one year we did, uh, me and my brother did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and my grandmother, she put on the, uh, I forget his name, he was, like, the evil guy with, like, the squid face. Oh, um, oh, my gosh. One of the movies is literally about him. Oh, my God, that's going to piss me off. I have to look this up. I have to look this up. Yeah, please look it up. I'll continue to tell the story. But, uh, yeah, basically, it was like two hours before it was like dark out. My grandma pulls up, and she has that mask on, and she like knocks up, and I'm like, oh, I'm wearing the same costume. Like, we're wearing the same costume. And it was like, I don't know, I was like six or seven years old. Oh, my God, this person you Um, To continue, yeah, I would say, cool. other than that, I was Captain America like three years in a row. I just would like repeat. I was a ninja like three years in a row also. 
I, I had like phases. I was a ninja for a while, and my pick for that would be vampires. I was going to ask you I if you ever were a vampire. I was a vampire. I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. I was always a vampire. I went into phases because it was for, we called it the Monster Mash, which was our big dance in elementary school. Everybody pulled up. It was like the OG party. Like, it was an elementary school party. You would just get wasted on soda, sugary food, everything, <laughs> candy out the wazoo. Mr. Holbert, shout out Mr. Holbert. It was the husband of my kindergarten teacher. He was always the DJ, and he always crushed it every single Hell yeah. year. Mo- Monster Mash on repeat. Yes, dude. That's I'm, all you need. We need to have the Monster Mash. Cabrini mash. edition. Yeah, 100%. I, oh, well, I guess we have... Cabrini Parade, June 10th. <laughs> that's an OG joke we have to get into. Um, But it's... What, what was I going to say? Monster Mash. Well, Halloween Havoc. That's going to be Halloween our Havoc. Monster Mash. Yeah. Uh, that should have been my... What's it called? Walkout song for that. I'm getting lost finding the squid guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. You guys can all comment down below who it is. Um, because I just don't want to spend that much more time. Anymore. I'm not too concerned. If you know, if the people that are listening, if they know who I'm talking about, they can see it. Oh, they definitely. He, he was a petrifying figure. People are absolutely like screaming right now. Like, it, this is his name. Like, come oh, on. Definitely, definitely. It's yeah. okay. Um, I might get a text from somebody. You know what? Honestly, if you know the name, text me. Text me and tell me and say you are an idiot. For you can comment. Us. Comment too. Comment. Leave a comment. Do text, something. Email us. Yeah, email us, laxlounge23 laxlounge23 at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll get back to you. Um, so my answers for these questions. Please. Favorite item of clothing as a kid. I had this neon sweatshirt. Anything neon was like my thing. I had It was called a highlighter phase. Mm-hmm. I'd say it was from third to sixth, seventh grade uh, where I was a human highlighter. And all of my OG friends from Meadowdale – they know about highlighter fridge, and it was like it's always been a running joke that it gets brought up. Like, is your highlighter phase ever going to end? Is it coming back? Blah, blah blah. Whenever I wear a neon shirt, so uh, anything highlighter, iconic phrase, "Leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think of any other good ones that I had. Um, oh, we used to have a family friend, uh, and I would call him Mister Bill because his, his name is Bill, and. I would oh I love Mr. Bell. Mr. Bell was the goat. He was a dog, and he didn't have a son, so I was like kind of his surrogate son. Uh, so we'd always be hanging out, and we'd have have, have like play dates with him. Uh, <laughs> my mom always brings this up whenever we talk about it, uh, where I would say, "Mr. Bell, will you come play with me?" <laughs> and then me and Mr. Bell would just have a fucking time of our lives. So <laughs> shout out, Mr. Bell. You sound uh-huh. like you sound like uh you ever see the movie Ted? Yeah, you know at yeah. the end of the movie, Ted. Yep, you sound like him. That's oh, uh, Ted is one of the best movies of all time. Ted and Ted too. Yeah. Uh, worst haircut, hair decision you ever had. So uh, luckily, none of the. Well, okay, I have two answers for this. I guess. Luckily, I don't have a lot more photos of this, but I, for a while in my human highlighter phase, I dyed my hair blonde, and I dyed the front part of my hair blue. That was fifth and sixth grade. I was going through a phase where I was like, I'm going to dye my hair a bunch of different colors because I think it looks really cool. Spoiler alert, it did not, especially when you have like dirty blonde roots and the blonde starts to wear off. So you slowly just get blonde frosted tips on a fifth grader who should not have blonde frosted tips. That didn't look good. And then the blue was sixth grade, I want to say. 
It was just the front part. And I was going to like do that with different colors too. Like blue, red. I just did blue. Thank God my parents didn't let me do it any else. Um, one of the best trips I ever got was I was playing basketball and we were like waiting to get started for the game. The referee was kind of just sitting there. I was waiting for the jump ball. And he's like, yo, guys, like, hurry up. This kid's entire hair might be blue by the time we start. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, yeah, you got me. I did this to myself. I did this to myself. So that was Highlighter Fridge oh, with, imagine. with blonde and blue hair. So imagine imagine <laughs> me with blue hair, one. And then imagine me wearing a neon yellow highlighter sweatshirt. Well, I can see that before you have blue hair. And, like, black shorts that have neon yellow all over them. Like <laughs> Everybody had a highlighter face. Let's be real. Yeah. Mine was just... My, my, my fucking... My, my shorts were hot pink with neon green dinosaurs. Everybody had that face. Yeah, but you <laughs> Not didn't. everybody had the blue hair face, though. Uh, yeah. Not my proudest moment. But I did a really good job of making sure all the photos that exist of that are in my possession only. That or, like, probably my mom's Facebook. But like, there you go. That's why nobody at... O'Day ever found them. So I never was able to get triggered for that. Nobody at Cabrini so far. This is like the big announcement of like that happened. And I mean, I'm not going to say if you do your research, you could find photos. But like if you really wanted to stalk the shit out of me, you could probably find photos. Most of them reside in the yearbooks that I own. And I don't think there's any photos on my phone of it. If anybody would have found them, they would have got brought up freshman year on that bus. Exactly. So I've done okay. I've done a great job of making sure that part of my life it happened. I'm okay. I'm okay to talk about it. shit happens. Shit happens. We were kids, but it is not getting released to the public. Because the last thing I need so. is that getting posted on like there was an iconic my senior year of high school right before our first game we're playing East Lake, which is Bundy's alma mater. Sorry, Colton's alma mater, and uh, they posted on their student section page. They made. They found a photo of me. It's my. It used to be my Venmo. It was my sophomore year when I was an All American Water Boy. The photo is still on my Instagram of me having. I had a Gatorade bottle just like this one, and I was going like this, getting a squirt, and uh, you know our photographer came by, took a photo, looked fucking sick, and I was like, I'm, I'm a water boy. I'm a beast. Posting this, um, they took the water bottle and photoshopped a male sex organ. And put that going into my mouth. Jesus. And posted that the day of our game. That was the first time I'd ever gone, like, actually violated by a student section page. I was so thrown off. That's crazy. It worked so well. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck did I do to deserve this? That's crazy. Um, Yeah. And then we got our fucking dicks munched. In that game, like we got absolutely obliterated. Damn, that's so, sure at relevance. No, it didn't. I don't. Not not towards, <laughs> but towards, towards yeah. your school. Dude, yeah. I, I did not react to that though. That's um, crazy. Yeah, shit. People are vicious. Not, even, like not this, even a player. But like at the, the same time. Boy. Well, I my senior year I was a player. Oh. Okay, so it was okay, when okay. I, when I was playing my senior year, they went back, found that photo. Damn. No, yeah, this no for the state championship game when I was the water boy, they tripped me instead of anybody who had been playing. That would have been foul. <laughs> that would have been foul. That's what I thought. No, for clarification, <laughs> the photo was used my senior year for our first game. 
when I was playing and I was a team captain. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, uh, great shirt. Great shirt. Like, yeah. I can't complain. And they If you would have done it to them, you would still be talking about it also. And it's like, we did some nasty stuff in our group chat to, like, some of the schools that we were playing. Like, I, I have some photos on my phone that, like, I'm not going to show, but I'll show Nick later. And, like, they're very funny. They're foul. But, like... It's all fair. It's all fun and games. We love, like the guy who I, I was talking with one of the guys after the game, and I was like, I'm not gonna lie, like that pose actually like rattled me a little bit. Like I was thrown off, and he was like, Oh yeah, like you realize we just did that because like because you can take a joke. Like it's all fun and games, and I was like, Yeah, I'm not no harm, no foul. Yeah, like, that's not. It's on a private account too. Like nobody's gonna find it. There you go. Although they did tag me, and I had to take it off of my like yeah, you can. tagged photos. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, I'm not, I'd rather not just have me. <laughs> with a male sex organ in my mouth. Um, Jesus. That's enough talking about male sex organs. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, craziest punishment for being naughty as a kid. This one, I, so the theme of my questions was childhood memories and a lot of stuff that like my parents talk about to this day as like some of the greatest parenting decisions they've ever made. Uh, so the one that I'm talking about is I forget what I did. I did something stupid. I was a rambunctious child. I was a demon child. And the punishment, because, oh, I know what it was. I would always just, like, get mad and start slamming my door. And I'd be, like, just create, causing chaos. So one day, my parents were like, light bulb. Let's take his door off. Of course. So the punishment was me losing my door. And as I lost my door, I also lost my shit because I was like, I had nothing to slam. (laughs) And I was like, that's my door. That's my privacy. I was like five or maybe four or five years old. Honestly, it could have been six or seven. And there was a long phase of me just being a piece of shit. (laughs) And I was just going nuts when this happened. And it was amazing because I think it it was one of those, uh, my parents probably talked about it like, well, what are we going to do now? Like, just take his fucking door. I don't know. Like maybe that'll do something. And oh, it did something. It lit a fuse under me, and I blew up. That's all. Awesome. Like a firework. <laughs> um, another good one that my mom did. The one time we went to go see a movie. Uh, I don't even know what the first movie was, but it was a drive-in movie theater back when those were a thing. Uh, never been. You've never been to a drive-in movie theater. I, I, we were very few. We were going now. to once in Florida with my grandparents, but it like started to rain, so like not ideal for a driving yeah i mean they don't they they just don't exist anymore either which sucks um but we were watching like i think it might have been ratatouille that we saw great movie excellent you get to bring your own snacks sit in the trunk pretty awesome uh the movie after that was the simpson movie and i was a little too young to watch the simpson movie and obviously we were all tired too so it's like late at night you know time to go to bed bedtime whatever we're on the way back and my stuck up sister decides to be the good one and say mom and dad thank you so much for taking us like that was so much fun oh yeah no problem Megan whatever Jason do you have something to say dead silence I was so mad we didn't get to watch the Simpson movie (laughs) I was so mad I refused to say thank you I was like no we didn't leave when I wanted to leave (laughs) so I'm not thanking you for shit (laughs) And so my parents are like, do you have something to say? <laughs> Crickets. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We get home. I still have not said thank you, whatever. Try to go to bed. My mom comes right and sits next to me. She's like, you are not going to bed until you say thank you. And so I was like, 
bet. We're going to be here for a while. So we sat there. <laughs> and I kid you not, my mom stayed next to me until 3 in the morning waiting for me to say thank you. I would start nodding off. She'd slap me or like wake me up like, nope, nope. Do you have something you need to say? Until I finally broke at like 3 in the morning. I was like, thank you and went to bed. But literally for, I want to say five hours or something, I was just like in a cold war, a war with my mother and I was not budging and neither was she. She fucking held her ground. And she tells that story still to this day as like, this is why he's who he is. Like, <laughs> this is why he's a decent person. Because I made sure, you know what? Maybe that's my origin story of like being the nicest guy on the planet. Because my parents literally taught me when somebody does something for you, you say fucking thank you. If you don't, you're going to be up until three in the morning with, somebody, with somebody sitting next to you, waking you up every time you try to fall asleep. Just so you can say thank you. So that's my villain origin story of why I'm so nice. That is awesome. And final one, favorite Halloween costume as a kid. I already obviously kind of mentioned it. The vampire. Vampire Count is a Dracula. very good one. I was always on the vampire grind. The teeth had always fired me up. Um, and then honorable mention, not really an honorable mention, because the blue Power Ranger. Like, can't, Power be Ranger. can't be beat. Can't be beat. Power Rangers in general, if you're a child, that's, that's the costume to wear. Yes. Yes, I hope that kids nowadays are still Power Rangers. Yeah, totally. Oh, that should have been my you costume. Think. That should have been costume. I see a lot of Frankenstein still. Yeah, I mean, that's an old reliable ghost face. I love good ghost face. Um, you get some good demons or like ninjas. That's always a popular one, Ninja, too, of course. That's a big one. Yeah, kids' Halloween costumes. We'll be on the lookout this year. We'll tell you what the. Uh, consensus around our apartment is yeah totally with, uh, some of the maybe candy. i'll hand out some uh some of the candy that my mom made yo we should we definitely have to can up candy i feel like that we didn't do it last year and i felt really bad do we have it yeah we had a couple people come up to we our did. door it's just like hello children <laughs> do you Happy halloween another amazing thing that we did one year i think this is my junior year of high school well it had to be because senior year was covid um junior year was covid well yeah but halloween my junior year ah see where i'm going with that uh, but so it was my junior year of high school and obviously I stayed back because I was 17 and I didn't need to go trick-or-treating um, so I we were just like whatever I was manning the door being the guy to hand out candy because I thought it was sick like also this is one of your it's a good time. second or third year of not going trick-or-treating because uh, I did up until eighth grade I don't know if that's a hot take I'd go with my friends in eighth grade well, I went in high school okay boom see I'm not a weirdo um but I was manning the door, and I said, like, for the first few kids, I was going to prank them. So I had a bowl of fruit next to the bowl of candy, and when they first came up, I would offer them the fruit and be like, oh, only take one. Happy <laughs> Halloween. First couple kids come by, and, like, they just look at it, and they're like, what? And then, obviously, I whip out the candy, and I'm like, ah, I got you. Like, here's a bunch of Reese's, whatever. Uh, one of the kids, though. He the, wanted that fruit. He was probably, like, three years old. I offered to, it to them. They were like, I was like, oh, only take one. And he just like slowly, sadly, just like 
grabs an apple and starts putting it in his bag. And I was like, no, 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 dude. Here's, here's a pocket of like three handfuls. I'm like, I feel so bad. I almost ruined his night. You ruined Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving, God damn it, Halloween. I was going to be like, I can't wait to see where this goes. Like, that kid thought about that night you were all the way up. You ruined every holiday. He was eating an apple pie on Thanksgiving, and he was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> fucking <hate> Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> that guy at one house, he, he gave me the apple. You only let me take one. I wanted to take two. Jesus I didn't even want the candy anymore. <sighs> I think this is a great time. That was a not-so-fast five. <laughs> so that was a 33-minute long fast five. What a crazy fast five. But that's what happened. This is why we decided to do these episodes. It's yeah. just us shooting the shit, talking about, telling stories about Good our times. Good times. Now it's time to get to the point of the episode where we actually start talking about our lacrosse careers. And let's get a little fall ball update. So the last time we talked to you, it was when the Jake Bickle episode. And I don't know if we talked too much about what happened that week in fall ball, but it was a pretty, like, I'd say a pretty normal week. Because we had, it, that was when we had the weekend off. Yes. So the last time that we we talked, we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off, or Saturday, Sunday off. And, um, yeah, that led us into the next week was preparing us for our alumni game. That's kind of, like, why we had that weekend so that we could have a couple more days, a lot of the next week. Yeah, go um, a little bit harder. In practice, get yeah. better, you know. And oh, we did go hard in practice, indeed. Uh, I think we had, it was the Monday and Tuesday we also had We off. did, yes. We had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice. Yes. Alumni game on Saturday. And it was then Wednesday's practice where we were going through, it started off pretty normal. It was later at night, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like it was later in the day. Um it was because there was a field hockey or a soccer game right after us. It was like 5.30 whatever. I, either way. Um, we are getting started in like one of the first competition drills of the day. We get through pre-practice, whatever, pre-practice, pre-practice. Then we're doing chase GBs from X. So X, if you're not a lacrosse player, it's behind the goal. We usually do this drill from up top. It's a great drill. I thoroughly enjoy it. I don't know your opinion on chase GBs. I think it is a very, very fun drill. I think it's a fun and a very good drill. Yes. It teaches, like, getting ground balls with pressure, moving the ball, and then it's into a three-on-two, two-on-one, five-on-four, whatever. Um, builds up. So we're going through this, and we're near the end of the period where we're about to transition to our next thing. I'm up. Ball gets rolled out in front of me, and I have – I mean, I think I had a long pull behind me. It might have been Gers, but, like, somebody was guarding me from behind. Whatever, they had a really good lift check on me. So I kicked the ball forward, and it's like going around the crease. Ball goes through, whatever. Ball's in front of me. It was PJ and one of our D-middies. It was going to be a four-on-three. See the ball go down. PJ's about to go pick it up. So I instinctually, I'm like, I am not going to get this ball. If I run through it, he's going to pick it up. I'm going to dive and try to whack it over to Matt Dorian, who's standing to the top right of me. I see him. I'm like, okay, I'm going to whack the ball over him. Dive in. Perfectly get the ball swiped out to Dorian. And I'm on the ground. And I guess PJ was behind me. He saw me do that. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, Fridge is diving over here to get these balls. Like, that's a gritty play. I have to jump over him. So as I am getting up after my dive, 
to get back into the play and be a lacrosse player. I'm getting up, and I have a flying PJ Hewitt <laughs> get his knee right into my low back and stone cold stun me. And when I say stun, I mean like I was on the ground in fetal position. And I like for a second, it was just in shock where I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that really hurt. That didn't feel good. Cool. And I tried to get up and I was like, I can't move. Started thinking about life in the Paralympics. Yeah. (laughs) All right, asshole. (laughs) But for a second, I was like, yo, did he hit my spine? Like, am I paralyzed? I full blown was kind of like thinking through stuff like, holy fuck, I actually can't get up. And then I'm just sitting there like on my knees fucking i have to tilt like if you ever know what the yoga position cat cow is i was in the cow version where i was just like bending my back like this and my ass was just up out in the air and it was a couple minutes had gone by where i was kind of just on the ground i'm like yeah i can't get up like get, please get jess out here get the trainer like i need help uh they go call her up <laughs> out of nowhere typical me i just start fucking dying laughing i'm just sitting down there in pain and I just start chuckling. And I think Nate, yeah, it had to be Nate, was like walking over to check on me. He looks at me. He's like, of course Fridge is fucking laughing. Like he just got <laughs> railed from behind. He's serious. He can't fucking move. And he's just laughing his ass off like nothing happened. And then Coach DeLuca's like, yeah, actually, I heard him say like, oh, PJ, great hit. My bad for getting in your one thing. <laughs> Which is just like such a me thing because that's what happens. Like when I get hit or I get cracked, I don't know why. I just start hysterically laughing. Where I'm like, that was kind of awesome. Or I start smiling. And in that moment, started laughing because I'm sitting on Edith Rob Dixon Field with my ass out in the air. And I'm just picturing like people driving by. And they just see me <laughs> like looking like a mid-twerk out on the field while everyone else is ball hunting. And even like a couple people have walked by and I'm literally just sitting there like ass in the air, not moving. And I was like, this is, this is hilarious in retrospect. <laughs> like, this is funny. Public, secu- public safety is watching the cameras going, what the hell happened? What is Fridge doing? Like, isn't he supposed to be a role model? Like, <laughs> what is he doing? Um, so that was fun. And then this is where Nick, Nick I guess, comes into the story. because I, Yeah, I'm I get, in the story. I get into the – I get in – I'm able to get up. I was able to get up and I was able to move. Hooray. It wasn't my spine. I uh, get taken off into the car with Jess – start walking down into the Dixon Center, and now I'm going to toss this one over to Nick. We're going to see his perspective because he was – where were you? Uh, I was in the training room. Uh, yes, yeah, so I only did pre-practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I didn't practice. Wednesday, Thursday, I only did pre-practice. And I was in the training room. You said this was Wednesday or Thursday? This was Wednesday. So, yeah, I was in the uh, training room after pre, and I was just doing some stretches. And I hear the uh, – the walkie-talkie go off and i couldn't understand a word that was said but i see jess get up and grab her kit go walking out and i'm like is that outside because i knew that we were outside obviously and she's like yeah and i just go what the you know like what the fuck and all i could think about it like who is it like who could it be and you know i hear the door from outside close as you guys walked in and I start like hearing like voices, and I'm like, all right, obviously that's Jess. And I'm like, who, who is that? It's like it's like the lottery. Yeah, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, put a face to the to the sound, you know. 
and then I know where you turn the corner. And I just go, what the hell did you do? <laughs> and like, you're like hardly walking. I thought like you did something to your leg. Thank God you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's my story. So I'm just in there doing stretches and you walk in all in pain, but with a smile on your face for some reason. I was like, uh, he was happy to see me. That's, I was. That's what it was. I was. Uh, I was happy to not be alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was basically the diagnosis I got from Jess or the explanation is I had a Charlie horse in my back muscle oh. where I was in full extension trying to get up and the pressure from the contact in the knee just locked the muscle up. It was like, I am not moving and I'm going to stay in this position. And it was extremely painful. Mm. It was hard to walk. I got out, I walked out of the training room on a crutch because it was like able to take pressure off. Um, and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to drive that day. I was very worried about that because obviously I had my car there. And I walked out onto the field to finish out the rest of practice. It was pretty like not comfortable when I was standing. And practice ends, whatever. The hardest part was getting my shoes on. Oh, like, yeah. I can shoes are a very compromised position if you have a low back injury because it's very hard to bend over and touch your toes when your muscle is on fire. So that was one adventure. Getting my like shorts on was another adventure, doing all that stuff. I get over to my car and I was kind of like determined where it's like, I don't want to ask for help unless I need it because three days later I knew we would be playing in the alumni game. And I was like, I would love, I want to be back by the alumni game. I want to be okay. So I get over into my car. I literally like an old man, like an 86 year old who's had three hip replacements fucking grab the top of my car slowly inch my way into the seat like moaning the entire time like uh, 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 lift my leg in by my hand get to the gas pedal and i i don't turn the car on quite yet but i like go hit the gas go over hit the brake like all right i can do this i'm gonna be fine turn on my car drive out i'll make it back to the apartment perfectly fine my biggest my next big challenge getting out of the car yes and we're on the third floor, and that means stairs. Yeah. Stairs was very difficult. It's very, very difficult. I can understand that. But I was able to do it, and I got up It's there. a lot of stairs. It was it's a lot of stairs. It's not just three floors. It's, it's like four set of stairs. Yeah. So I was using, like, the crutch to kind of, like, just jump me up every single time, and I, I had a system down. There you go. I was doing really fucking well. I was pretty proud of myself. I didn't have to call anybody. I didn't have to say, hey, you're going to have to lift me up and carry me all the way. I didn't know if you were going to scoot up like one by one on your butt. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been a really good video. Yeah. Um, but get back up here. Okay. Feeling all right. Start to do some heat treatment, whatever. I take these insane pain meds, which are like Advil times three, and it helped out a lot. And then I woke up the next morning when it had worn off, and I was like, all right, this doesn't feel great. But I was able to walk perfectly fine. Yeah, you, you didn't have the crutch for I, more than a day. I was able to walk in to Jess and hand her the crutch and say, I don't need this anymore. I feel so much better. And then went in for lift. We were doing bench. And I was very worried about like what I'd be able to do. I was able to do the entire workout. Hit all my numbers. The hardest part about the workout was laying down on the bench and getting up from the bench. Everything else went smoothly. So I able to move some good weight, blah, blah, blah. Come Friday, I'm feeling better again. Going for lift. We're doing squats. 
first round of squats didn't feel amazing with just the bar i was like fuck i don't think i can do this put on a belt because dustin's like try it just try it with a belt i'm like all right dude like this is gonna make a huge difference put on the belt and i was like whoa i don't feel a thing it made a huge difference it made a huge difference i was able to hit all of my weights at the prescribed like rep i think i topped out at like 270 for two with a fucking messed up low back yeah i was very happy with myself oh yeah made it through the entire workout again gets to practice and the day before we hadn't had practice we didn't have practice we did a captain's practice at 7 a.m where we just went and did stick work and i was on the wall a little bit like felt okay throwing was able to get into the drill and help out throwing the ball around and again it was like didn't feel great but i was like okay this is progress like touching my stick moving pretty well feeling good friday comes practice at 5 30 trying to go out for pre-practice and like run around not feeling great not feeling great get through our stretching and i think you were the first one to like call me out where you're like i know you're not okay like you're yeah, yeah dude you, you did a what was it a quad pull and i, I saw you and i was like i saw that and <laughs> Just, you were like shut up asshole because i think i i did it and i like again grunted where i was like mm, no that didn't feel good and i was trying so hard to hide, not hide it because it was like very clear that i was in pain and i was not doing it okay but i was like trying to toughen out like no i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be okay and i'm gonna play tomorrow because tomorrow's alumni game means more than everything <laughs> everything in my life uh go to before we start pre-practice we do a 33 which is you sprint down the sideline to sideline Go one sideline, down, back, down. So three. Do it at a pretty good pace. Usually. 33 seconds. Yeah, you have 33 seconds to do it, even though we don't. We haven't timed it since our freshman year. I'm sure we do it under 33 seconds. 100%. 100%. We're fucking beasts. Um, but that day I was not a beast. I was in pain. <laughs> and I did not do well. Happens. And go through all pre-practice. And Nate told me this the next day when I was talking with him. And we were doing like a shooting drill. And he was like, you just look miserable. Every time I planted with my right foot, because it was my right low back. Every time I planted, like twisted, I just winced. And so basically I was shooting with my eyes closed. Because I'd be like, oh, catch the ball. And just try to shoot where I thought the goal was. And it was not great. We went, I think we went through... It was A-line passing, and then we went from A-line into perimeter pressure passing, and I was like, I can't do perimeter pressure. That's where I'm drawing the line. Ran back in. I was really like kind of bombed or whatever because I knew like that was the moment where I should not play tomorrow. It's like that. I can't play in the alumni game. Like It's not worth it. Yeah, especially, I mean, give them the credit that they deserve, but a bunch of drunk old men. Yeah, just swinging a stick around, trying not to save this environment for you to play. Exactly, and I guess this is a good time to get into the alumni game. Great time. So it, cold, wet. It the day overall, like weather wise, sucked. I did. I got asked to do the women's soccer game. That was before that. They played Marywood, who's one of our conference opponents. Shout out Johnny Scabello, Marywood Zone. Um, we lost one zero because it was obviously pissing rain. It was awful. It was cold. It was soaked up in the booth. Although I thought I had a pretty solid call for like an uneventful game, 
And then we, well, for the game, which started at 11, no, noon was when the women's soccer game started. When I got there, the alumni had already set up their tailgate. They got a keg that they were sharing as an alumni network and were destroying this keg when I showed up. Yeah. For reference, our game was at 3. They got there at like 11.30, 11. Very early. Yeah. And they were making sure to enjoy their alumni experience. For the last time. Yes. So game ends Mm -hmm. and start like setting up the field, all that stuff. We... We come out. Um, DeLuca gives a really solid speech. He does. Like, unbelievably, not like, this is something we've been talking about a lot. And it's how is DeLuca going to do in comparison to our old head coach, Colfer, in pregame speeches? Because Colf was the greatest speech man I've ever met. He always had the perfect thing to say in every situation. And it would fire us up. Do you remember what DeLuca said to us pregame for the alumni game? Like before we went out for our first round of warm-ups. I think it was something about like... Have fun. It's like day to get better. Just, you know, just some, you know, I, I don't want to say basic, but things that we needed to hear, I guess you would say. Like, it, does, it doesn't mean anything. This game does not mean a thing. Just have fun. Get better. You know. And I think another like big point that he made was like we've all been waiting for this. Yes, we've been working towards this. And one thing that I always was saying in the back of my head is like, remember when we didn't think that this was possible? When just simply being in the locker room, playing music pregame, and getting dialed in, when that was something that we couldn't do or we didn't know if we'd be able to do. And like that moment finally came. It, yeah, and it was it definitely was special. Just like getting to the locker room and like obviously the Lax Lounge. We, we made shirts for the event. We sold sold out actually. Shout out to everybody that bought one. Thank you for your support. Uh, yeah, so like I got there a little bit early. Dropped them off to my parents. My parents did some sales. Uh, shout out mom and dad, obviously. Uh, Tracy uh, and Sam. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So it, it was definitely special. The girls had their pink day for soccer. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Came home, got dressed real fast, headed back over. Saw a bunch of the alumni that we played with before. Met some of the ones I haven't played with, older ones. Yeah, definitely a good day. It was. And when it comes to the physical game itself, I think we really made a state. Like we came out and went balls to the walls it, right yeah. away. And it was very fun. I think, who, it, who was it? Has he started us off? Oh, absolutely. Has he had like eight or nine goals in the game? We won 25-8. I think we put up 25 goals. And uh, obviously the preface is like we were playing our alumni who were out of shape and they were drinking a keg. Yeah, I mean. They were a little banged up. I saw a couple um, people were a little bit sick after a couple runs. Had to come over to have a date with the trash can. Actually, I'll shout out Kyle Tucker. I think he had one of my favorite moments from the game. He came off the field after a run and he was like, I'm about to throw up. He goes all the way over to the trash can yaks over there and then he comes over to camp and he was like you got used to that when i was playing here right <laughs> like that's not a, that's a pretty familiar sight eh the camp is just like laughing in the box all that stuff um but we came out and killed it yeah absolutely killed it yeah we played really well and uh obviously i was uh back in the water boy position with uh it was me and goozy who were on the injured reserve lineup 
but Sir Nicholas was able to get on the field and had a couple of pretty nice plays, including one of the cleanest, and I watched it back on film because I wanted to see it again, catches the ball. I guess I'll let you kind of talk through this, but like your first goal where you're just paying the bottom left corner. Yeah, on, on a drunk Matt Nessler. Shout out Chris Dye. Uh, we love Ness. Yeah, we love Ness. Uh, yeah. Um, my first time out on the field, me and Mario, we did a, what we call Hornet. Uh, basic play, I went under. He threw me the ball. I had it in my right hand. I was on the left side. Should have been in my left hand for a clean catch. Uh, ended up bobbling it. Turned over. They went down. They didn't score, thank God. But, you know, something to learn from. I should have. I, I knew it, but, you know, wouldn't let it happen again. Uh, second time we're on the field, similar thing happens. Hezzy gets tied up, uh, runs to the middle of the field, ends up rolling back, gets me the ball, put it in my left hand, right, catch the ball, split over to my right, have you know, have some real estate to take a shot. Uh, time and room, took a step down a little bit. I think it was, say, three quarters uh, with my form. Went bottom on, what, bottom corner on this. Nice shot. It, he says nice shot. It was fucking beautiful. And the way that you described it, you're like, yeah, I caught it in my left hand, surveyed the field, then I decided to put it in my right. I was like, yeah, I got time, I got time, step down, pick a corner. This was in one motion. He caught the ball, flipped to his right. Before you could even blink, it was, bink, bottom right corner. I literally just turned around, and I was like, that was so buttery smooth. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you very much. It was awesome. Um, was that your only goal? Did you have two goals? No, I had one goal. I uh, had... Another shot missed, uh, missed a little bit wide. That's all right though. I think I would have stung it. And then the other should have stung it. The other highlight goal was Mario late in the game, caught a pass. It was a tight feed. He was in his right hand, short angle. So he was on the far side from the sideline where I was watching. He was on the far side and on the goal, catched in his right hand, going towards the end line and just around the world, right in between Ness's legs, perfect. Another one that was just like buttery smooth went right in. And it was like oh, Mario. I, yeah. I just turned to the camera. I was like, oh, as I, <laughs> as I whacked the mic, I was like, oh, that was gross. And then I turned to the camera and I was just like, yo, that shit's stanky. <laughs> it's like one of those things you see like Mario, Tommy, like a bunch of those guys like just fuck around and do around the world and practice. And like I'll, I'll give Tommy the credit. He his is so smooth. He can aim it like he'll throw it to you 25 yards away and it's a dime like small things mario's is very good also i'd say those are the top two on the team with around the world 100 uh, but yeah like you never really see it in a game but it's just like second nature almost when it comes out and it most of the time it pays off it really does you know it's just it's a perfect time to use it no one you never do it around the world in a at the wrong time i feel like you're never going to do it in an open field you're going to do it when it's in your strong or i guess Right or left hand, you're going across crease. You can't get it behind the back. You know, it's, it's just what you have to do. You can't get another shot. It's an instinctual thing. Yeah. It's not something that you go into a play like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. yeah. It's like me and my behind the backs where I just like will catch it and be like, fuck it, boom. And then it's like it either goes in, misses by 200 feet, or goes straight into the ground, like one of those three. Usually I like the first one, <laughs> but like shit happens. I've seen you do more of the first one than the other two, though. You know what? I'm glad because when I do the other two, it's very embarrassing. But especially especially when you do it against Eastern, you feed a Brian Raffrey cutting across the crease and you turn the ball over and then get pulled from the game because you weren't supposed to do that. 
Yeah. But it's okay. We learn from our mistakes. That was a Coach Brian reference. Yeah. Yes, Coach Brian. Coach Brian, the Bry guy. Yes. Coach Brian. Um, he's been doing a very solid job. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's. We had Jake Klein, who's one of our alumni in the game. He was our offensive assistant our freshman year. Yes. And he was such a good coach. Great coach. He was in the program obviously for four or five years. Comes back uh, for his sixth year helping out with us. Knows the offense like back of his hand. All-time assist leader. All-time glue guy. Just great guy to be around. And he was so helpful with like getting to know not only the offense, but like kind of how stuff works. And he had that player perspective. And Raph brings that as well. Yes. And it's that like familiarity with who we are. Because we actually, he was over at the Lax Lounge a couple bit ago because yeah. we got him a nice little sweatshirt so he could wear in Ocean City, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and he was talking about, like, I not only played with you guys last year, but, like, I shot the shit with you guys in the locker room. Like, I n- know who you guys are yes. on and off the field. And that pays off dividends. It, it's huge. It, it really is huge. Just, like, when you're, you know a guy's ego. You know a guy's strengths, weaknesses. Not because you're seeing it on the field, but because you've played with him. On yeah. the field, right. If I, it's. I mean, obviously, a little bit harder to talk about. But like, if I was coaching you, I would know so much more than someone that just walked in. Just something simple like that. Exactly, and so he adds that into our small coaching staff. But our coaching staff is like, it's small, but it's efficient. It, yeah. That's how I'd say it. Yeah, I don't think there's any more pieces to the puzzle. And I guess kind of just to wrap up alumni weekend in general. It was a massive success, and it showed us that like the stuff we're doing in practice is working. Yes. That was a major takeaway that I had. It's like we look so good because we are playing our style of lacrosse. Yes, and I think it's I think it's huge that I give I give the Luke's and uh and Raf, you know, a shit ton of credit when it comes to this, but they didn't keep the old. They kept some, but they changed it. Nothing is the same that we did last year. Yes. Not a single thing. I don't know about defensively. I'm sure there's few and few things, but nothing's the same. We all came in, 27 guys. We all know each other, obviously, but we're a different team than last year. Most teams in the country, they run the same place they ran last year with different personnel. We're the same personnel that's running different things, and we're a better team because of it. Absolutely. Better We've- strategy. You know, better bonds, just everything in, in general, we we are excelling at right now. Yeah, we've updated our philosophy, and it's encouraging us to not only be creative, but like to kind of do unconventional stuff that'll get us a step ahead. Yes. Instead of doing everything, I don't want to say the old way, but like sticking to what's hasn't been working in big moments what works like on paper as like you know fundamentals that kind of stuff we've translated that into like more of like a free-flowing like play with each other yes i'd say a big thing that i see in myself from last year and i see i see within you i see it within whoever you name right i've i'm not scared to take a shot confidence i'm not scared to make a pass i i never would make ever Right, before this year, right? I'm not. I mean, ground balls are ground balls. Same, same shit. But like plays that that you make as a person, like I'm not scared 
to make them and fail. Right? I'm not scared to fail while doing them. Which last year I felt like if I did that, it it was detrimental to how I would be the rest of the year. Like that simple, just one single play that I would fuck up. That would be huge. This year it's like, yeah, I'm I'm allowed to fuck up. Like in a very very good way. Yeah, because I'm getting better because of it. And it shows, like when we were doing our film of the alumni game, there's a play where we were doing a fast break. We had a D midi and a pull over on the break. Is PJ threw the ball to Nate at the point. Kyle Catilla from the Kyle Catilla episode, which was a fan favorite. A lot of guys. Great um, the Tidy Whitey story went viral. Um, he's on the crease and his right hand ball is on the right side of the field. Nate sees him because he's wide open, throws the ball into him, pull on the crease, catches it. Kyle flips it to X to Bolt, Jerry, whoever it was. They throw it over the goal to Hesse insane tic-tac-toe ball movement when we were breaking it down in film we we're like what is what worked in this play like call some guy and i was like well for starters i think every attackman would have looked off kyle in the crease and been like i'm not throwing that to a pole and jamming him jamming it in there last year this year we were confident enough to be like oh it's a pole on the crease and his strong hand on the wrong side yeah i'm gonna throw it to him he'll make a play we fucking did yeah Although, has he gave me the weirdest look when I said that? He literally turns around and he's like, I would have fucking thrown that. And I'm like, okay, you're Connor Herez, though. Like, you don't count. You'll make that play 100 times out of 100. But, like, you're you're not normal. Most guys are going to go KYP on that. Yeah. And say, I'm not going to risk it to get reamed out. It's like the other one was Johnny McCormick, our faceoff guy. He was on the field playing offense. And for like a step down from 10 yards out. And we fed him the ball for a step down. Our faceoff guy. Last year, same position. I don't know if I'm throwing that ball to Johnny. We're putting him on the crease until we I don't get know him if, off. I don't know if Johnny wants that ball last year. Exactly, yeah. And this year, he's sitting there setting up his feet perfectly mm-hmm. for a absolute pinger of a step-down shot. Beautiful. It, it was. And like it, it just emphasized how like we're doing stuff unconventionally, and it's working. Yes. And it's adding to our identity of who we are as a yeah, 100%. And we're only going to get better. And that's the best part because we're, we're going to master what we're doing. We haven't mastered it yet. No. And we might not master it before the end of this year, but we're going to get really fucking good at it. We are. And we should prove that. I guess we'll just jump forward to the next weekend when we went down to Ocean City, New Jersey for our fall play day. Good old time. And we uh, had a very successful day. I don't think there was anything crazy notable that happened during the week. Um, nah. other than I started to get treatment on my back and I started feeling better and I practiced Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and I was very Woo-hoo. happy. Um, yeah, I think, oh, I forget what day it was. Might've been Wednesday or Thursday. Might've been Thursday. I was doing, I think I was calling a game. I was talking with someone. They were like, how's your day going? And I'm like, I'm actually having a really, really good day. It was Thursday. Uh, I was doing house 67. I was getting interviewed. I was like, I'm having a great day for Two reasons, and I just figured out what the only thing we needed to talk about throughout the week was. Um, and I guess, uh, anyways, two reasons. One, 7 a.m. that morning we had practice, made it through the entire practice. I wasn't supposed to practice full until maybe Friday, and I felt great. I felt I was I was playing back to like where I wasn't worrying about being injured, and like I was just able to like have fun. I was flying around. I was feeling good. Uh, the other thing that happened Thursday was a article got released 
on USA Lacrosse Magazine highlighting our team. And it was fucking beautiful, dude. It was a very good article. It was awesome. And it was like, I got interviewed for it. I don't know if we brought that up when it happened. Um, the guy, I got to show, Kenny DeJohn, DeHaan, he's a goat because he was the guy who wrote the story um, and just absolutely crushed it. Like, I'll try to put a link in the description to the article because if you haven't read it yet like give it a read it really it really sums up like what we're doing here and how we're going our attitude towards this season and i mean like uh it brought tears to my eyes a little bit when i first read it because the the way that um amen my my buddy described it when uh when he told me about it he was like this story went from like a Cabrini article and like a Cabrini lacrosse article to a Jason Fridge is the fucking man article in like one paragraph. Yeah. And so the, the last one, it starts with the line, like this will be Fridge's final year playing NCAA lacrosse and seeing that in writing. Like I've known that for a while now. I've been okay with it for a while now in my head. Seeing that written down, I was very emotional. Where I was like, "Fuck, fuck." Yeah, it's definitely gonna suck to see that. Be like, because if you were somebody else, you're reading about you, but you're yourself reading about you, and it's a it's a very weird perspective. And you're you know you're reading in a third person, like, "Oh shit, I am done after this year." And I was also like trying to think about it in a way where I was like. Oh, he did he like kind of twist what I was saying to like make it seem a little more sense? And then I went back into my conversation with him in my head, and I was like, "Well, no, like I've said this a lot. Like I've said this to everybody. I've, it's been the same thing where it's like, you know, realistically, like ten year plan. I don't know if lacrosse is in the picture unless I'm covering the sport. Yeah, and that's been my dream. And he highlighted that like my dream school, Syracuse. He went to Northwestern." And I thought it was funny because he noted, like, oh, he wants to go to a prestigious journalism school like Syracuse and Northwestern. And I was like, oh, yeah, you planted that seat in my brain, didn't you? You know what you're doing. You want me to go to your alma mater. Um, And, like, it talked about – because a funny thing that happened after my interview with him, I was the last of the players to go. And then I was walking him down to DeLuca's office because he was going to sit down and talk with Coach DeLuca. And he, he was doing something outside. So I was just, like, sitting talking with him for a little bit, kind of just shooting the shit. Like, yeah, I'm actually, like, going to call a field hockey game right now. I think our AD walked out and was like, yeah, like he's the hot man on campus. Like people want him to change his class class schedule around just so they can do his, he can do their games. And obviously like, I tried to deflect it where I'm like, I, my thing, whenever someone like tries to blow me up is I'm always just like, stop, I'm right here. Like, please, like, <laughs> I, like I don't like this attention. Um, uh, you know, just like, I'm trying to stay humble about it. When people are just like building you up, I'm like, no, like just tell me I suck for once, please. Like, Bring me back down to earth. Handsome and humble. I know. And handsome. And, and handsome. <laughs> but, and, and he made that that reference in there. And I mean, like, it, it was really cool to hear from hear from people who, who read it. We're just like, you sound so happy. Like, Jaina. Jaina texted me. Jaina Tidwell, shout out. Um, shout out, Jaina. And she gave me, like, a nice long message of, like, it's so awesome to see how you know, like, exactly where you need to be. And that's right here. And I mean, like I, I told the story, like the moment I knew 
that I needed to come back to Cabrini was when somebody told me they were like, you'd be miserable if you left Cabrini. And in that moment, I realized I would be miserable if I wasn't here. Because every single, I was, talking, I was telling Nate's grandpa about this, shout out Papu. Um, if I wasn't at Cabrini, I would look at this weekend when we were in Ocean City and I would be thinking about how I wanted to be there so bad. Yeah. And I would regret not being able to be there. Or if like I was the number where if I wasn't there, we couldn't have a team, I would regret not being that guy who could have given everybody else another season, including myself. Yeah. Like that, all, all that shit, when I started thinking about it, I was like, I am exactly where I need to be. And I'm so happy. Like I drove back from, I think it might have been after Lyft or whatever I was doing later on Thursday. I was driving back here and I was just thinking, I was like, I'm still the happiest man alive. Like, I have such a great life, and it's everything's go not going to plan, and that's okay. That's why I love it. Oh, yeah. So, hey, that's a good thing. That was Thursday. Now let's go to Ocean City. Ocean City. Nice little bus ride down. Get yeah. to camp at 745 in the morning. So, we had breakfast, Sammy's. The breakfast. Two days, <laughs> in a, two days in a row. We got the illustrious breakfast sandwiches. Thank you, uh, Thunderbirds. Yes, shout out the original Thunderbird. Uh, this has been something that we've loved since I got here. And it's, if you know, you know. These things are delicious. You get bacon or sausage. I always go bacon. The one time they had pork roll. They did. That I was. Ris- I risked it. I did too, and I didn't think it was. I was not yeah, that I get sausage now. Yeah, I'm a big bacon guy. But like it always, you know, it's a great day when you get to start. Get to the locker room, and there's breakfast sandwich waiting for you. Don't eat breakfast. No. Nope. We have it for you. Yes. Okay. You can't eat breakfast for that because it's that good. It's good. The hamburger bun. It's like two, three eggs, bunch of cheese, hella meat. Yes. It's, it's good. so good. It's good. It's so good. And they don't make breakfast. They make it for us. Yes. That's what makes it special. Exactly. Obviously, the founder, his son played on the team. Mm-hmm. So that helps. But they truly are delicious. And it sets the tone for the day. 100%. Hey, come, get full, and let's dominate. And it's not even full. It's like that perfect level of like, I'm satisfied, but I'm not sick, Mm -hmm. and I'm not like starving. I feel like. Yes, Mm -hmm. I can go play lacrosse. Yes. And then after the game, you're like, okay, I'm ready for fit. Yeah, Um, I'm starving. Especially after you wait 30 minutes in the locker room. Yes. Uh, But so we travel down, um, or I guess, is is it up or down from here? up right to what OC it's yeah. down it's down yeah I don't know my east coast geography uh we traveled down there it was like hour and a half two hour drive not that bad got not a lot of all. got a lot of work done uh we most of us got our own seat on the bus advantage of having 27 guys you True. get your own seat on the bus um was grinding out a bunch of work one of the funny moments on the way down I was sitting in front of Nate and Gers and they both passed out we were just like sleeping on the way down DeLuca comes back. I'm grinding out some, I think it was meteorology at the time. DeLuca comes back and starts like waking everyone up. Cause he's like, yo, we got to get ready. We're playing a game in like two and a half hours. Like you can't be sleeping right now, whatever. So he fucking wakes up Nate and Nate like shutters open thinking like, oh, his feet were in the alley aisle. Like, oh my bad. And he's like, no, I'm about to blast music. Like get up. I guess Nate was listening to Noah Khan just like vibing out. He was like, Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Come on. And then he tries waking up Gers. Shakes him. Gers doesn't move. Shakes him again. Gers doesn't fucking respond. Starts like whacking him finally. 
like slowly comes up oh, to hi. life. And he's like, wake up. We're going to start blasting music. And Gers comes to me. He's like, how long was he like trying to get me up? And I was like, a solid 20 seconds of him just sitting there whacking the shit out of you. Uh, and then we started playing the tunes, started getting going. Get to OC. And it's time for game one against Widener. The pride. Good old Widener. What were your takeaways from this game? Takeaways. Uh, fast start. Fast start, definitely. I, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but I think we underestimated him. I really do. You know, I, th- I think the score, if we play him mid-season, is completely different. It's one of those things. I think we play him January 29th. It's different. Um, yeah, one of those things, you know, first game coming off a bus, first game against real competition. You know, I think it opened our eyes to what the team, what our team could do and what we need to do. And I think it was a, I don't want to say a warm-up game, but it was it was a great way to prepare to play Gettysburg. Indeed, I would agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah, because it, it got our juices flowing, it got it got the wind in our bodies, the the confidence to, to keep going, and yeah, I mean, I felt really good in the uh, in the Gettysburg game. And it was that reality check of like, <laughs> we do have work to do. We're not yes. perfect. Oh, 100%. but. We're not perfect, but we can compete. And, like, we're short numbers, but we make up for that with all the heart. Yes. And, uh, I mean, player of the game against Widener, who would you give it to? I think I'm giving it to Nate. Nate popped off first. Yeah, immediately. Within five seconds. Johnny McCormick wins the faceoff forward. Fast break. Tosses it. To Nate at the point, catches it in stride, bink, top left corner. Yeah, it's hard not to give it to Nate there. I would say, other than Nate, give it to Johnny. Yeah, Johnny had a great weekend. We'll get into that here. Talking about the Gettysburg game, because holy shit. First off, I want to talk about in between the games. Because after Widener, we go get undressed. Um, We have hoagies waiting for us. Delicious old hoagies. So what what was your opinion on the hoagie? Because I'm not going to lie. I was very impressed with this one because I thought the bread was delicious. Good bread. I like bread. I thought the bread was delicious. Did you get the Italian? Uh, yeah, I always get the Italian. I always get the turkey. I thought it was a really good sandwich. Yeah, I had I had half of it. It was edible. I guess I would also say that that was the first time that we'd have a hoagie in five months, six months since like Tufts. So yeah. my, my flavor fatigue wasn't there. Uh, I understand. Maybe that was my bias where I thought it was pretty good. I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I almost think that I'm not, I'm just not a hoagie guy after a game. I think there's other foods that I would much rather enjoy. I was just not disappointed, but like it was kind of a tease that we got a little bit of the tailgate experience, but you know, like i have to play a game in mm-hmm. another two hours that's why i went back inside like I, I went out eight my parents went back to like where they were staying and i just went back inside it's like you can't actually enjoy the tailgate where it's like okay i'm ravenously hungry like i'm gonna unhungry myself i'm going to be sickeningly full by the end of this yeah and it's like you couldn't do, like they had the fucking sweets out and i have a massive sweet tooth it's like mrs evans made these s'more Rice Krispie bars, which were delicious. I I did have one of those in between the games. And I was looking at them, and I was like, I know if I have one of those right now, I'm going to regret it. 
because somehow it might not sit well with me and I'm just going to feel like shit. So I avoided it. Had a little bit of fruit, just kind of like, okay, get some vitamins, hydration, whatever. And then, like you said, went the fuck inside and started to chill, get off the feet. Um, and then in that moment of in-between games, we were talking with, uh, or at least I was talking with the guys at 4th and Jenna. Jenna and Ashley came. Shout out to them. Coming all the way down to OC to support us. We love that. And Gettysburg is pumping wider at this point. They are rattling it off like goal after goal. I think it was like 7 or 8-1, eight, 8-2. Eight, and they just scored like a ridiculous goal. And Jenna looks at me and she's like, are you guys excited to play them? And all of us just like blank stare at her. Like give her the look of like, shut up. Like we know they're really good. And she was like, I'm going to take that as a no or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, Jenna, stop right now. Like, this is not funny. We're trying to beat them. And you're taking our confidence away. But we're confident. And then we went into the game. And we were confident. Very confident. Same start as Widener. John and Cormac wins face off forward. Throws the ball. Not to Nate. Because they had watched the entire Widener game. So they... Took him away as the first option on the fast break. And they, jumped. they slide opposite, right? No, they, well, not even that. They kind of just like didn't hedge as, they hedged from Nate, I think. And that led, they might have done a Duke slide, which is our version of like sliding from the low left. Mm-hmm. Either way, it forced Johnny to throw the ball forward to Hezzy. Hezzy catches it, goes underneath on his defender fucking buries it because he's a beast and yeah i would say he had a pretty quiet game against widener and then exploded against gettysburg showed up when we fucking needed it yeah oh my gosh is that guy fun to watch play lacrosse very fun to watch play lacrosse he's so fun to watch and so fun to play with yeah very fun to play with also i love that guy yeah, <laughs> yeah. being on the same field as him is just an honor every single gives time. you energy yes yeah um, so we are in a dog fight. It was, well, we, w- we jumped out to a pretty big lead. I say pretty big lead, but we jumped out to a lead. Yeah. We're cooking. Was it three, nothing? I think three, three, nothing. I think it was five, two, five, three after the first quarter, we're like, boom, we won the first quarter. Like nobody, ex- we're here. We are in this game. Nobody expected us to be in this game. Realistically, everyone was saying like, okay, why? And you're like, have a good game against them. See where you're at. And then. Gettysburg, our top 25 team, like, probably going to pump you. Probably going to put up 20 on you. We weren't ready for that. We came out swinging. Yeah. 5-3 after the first. Second quarter, not as strong offensively. Had a little bit of a lull. Um, Kind of the fatigue of playing the game earlier caught up to us a little bit. Tied 6-6 going into the half. Or was it 7-6 then? They tied it up 6-6. Uh, I, thought, I thought we were like I thought we were Todd tied. going in the, in the it definitely third. it was because I remember the zero zero speech. Yes, uh, out of the out of the halftime, we we're like, okay, yeah, that wasn't the cleanest quarter of our life, but like we are here and we're back to where we started zero zero. But we're in this game. We just need to win the next two quarters, and we can walk out of here with two massive victories under our belt. Yeah, and we did, and we fucking did, <laughs> and we did, and, and then there were there were some hiccups. There, there was a lot of, of course. I mean, there's growing pains. Like, there's never going to be a perfect game. Never, never. Nobody's going to play perfect. Exactly. So our clear was definitely one of the spots where we kind of highlighted, like, struggled a little bit against. They just did a drop ride, mm-hmm. and I guess it like threw us off a little bit. We were kind of trying to force stuff, 
But once we finally started to settle the ball on offense too and get long possessions, get resets, all that, we were burying some good-ass shots too. Yeah, we were. We, really we, were. we kept a good like two-goal cushion for a lot of the game. Yeah. So even when they, if we let up a goal, okay, we're still up by one. And we get right back to two. Let up a goal, back up to two. Um, finally, the walk-off play was fourth quarter. I want to say two, three, or two, two or three minutes left. Um, I was out on the field. Took it. I had the shorty on me. I was looking because we were trying to like take the clock down. I was playing out of the midfield, and I think it was like forty seconds. I got the ball back. I'm in the top right. I got a shorty on me. Nobody to my left. Just all the space in the world. I'm like. Okay, I'm going to take a dodge. And I'm not like, oh, and be the first to admit I'm not the greatest dodger in the world. But I fucking just like jam went topside, tried to get my shoulder into him. I saw the slide guy, the crease defender, was just staring me down. And he was not guarding anyone. He was just waiting to slide to me. So I was literally just dead eye contact with him, watching him as I'm running up the field. Finally, I see him say fire, take two steps. I take a step back, split to my right. I think I threw it to Mario, whoever was over there. Mario threw it down to Hezzy on the rotation. Hezzy had a shorty. So I fucking bury myself down on the crease. Hezzy goes right up to the spot that I was. I won't say he does the exact same thing that I did because he did it way better than me. <laughs> fucking topside sweep, takes the shot, bang, and that was game. It was 11-9 final score. We were able to kill out the rest of the clock. And that, like, that feeling rushing over and getting skipping net, right? Yeah, second half into the game, yeah. rushing over and like jumping into his uh, into our team, that was so euphoric. Yeah, definitely, definitely was. And then it, I don't want to say it was definitely a buzzkill to for the people that said like, actually, we've been here before because we needed to hear that, and we have been there before, right? But twenty seven guys haven't been there before, and I think that was a big thing. It's like, dude, we just proved a huge, like we proved ourselves, right? We proved everybody else wrong, but we proved ourselves right. And that's, I think that's a, a huge thing. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot, right? Everybody's saying like, oh, like prove them wrong, prove them wrong. Like, fuck them. Like, all I care about is us. Like, prove ourselves right. Like, we're, we're thinking of something. Let's, let's go out there and do it. Like, prove ourselves right. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Like, it's us. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. I don't know. You definitely haven't sat at my desk, but I have a sticker on the wall right under where it says CavCad champion because I'm very proud of that. It's a sticker that says prove yourself right. And I could not have said that any better. That is exactly what we did over the weekend. We knew what our potential was. We knew nobody cared or like was going to matter about what happened. They're like, yeah, okay, like they're going to go down and get shit kicked. Like they're going to have a rough season. We made a statement. And I'll be honest, I went on Twitter uh, I've been on Twitter the last like couple days, like looking up Cabrini Lacrosse because I want to see some reactions. Like, <laughs> I want to see someone being like, "Did anyone hear that Cabrini beat Gettysburg in a scrimmage?" Like, what? I, and I was kind of waiting for them to be like, "Gettysburg shorthanded, blah blah blah." Like all these different excuses. I haven't heard anything. I think that's the best thing I needed. Like, I don't want anyone to talk about that because yeah. it shouldn't be a surprise. Exactly. Were that's, we? That's were were we? Thing to say. Were we excited? Of course. Yes. Were we naturally surprised? I'd say no. No, I don't think we were surprised. Because I think we had the confidence that if we play our style, we would have that result. 
and we fucking did. So it was an amazing, amazing experience down in OC. Um, getting back out there and like that doesn't wrap up our fall ball. We still have a couple more weeks at it, but it was like a very much needed point of success where we can look at that and know that we have potential now. And, and I'm actually, I shouldn't even say that we know because we knew we had potential. We proved that we have the potential to make some noise this year. Yes. And I think it's, I think it's huge for us to know that like we, we knew it, but we, we didn't see it in, in writing. Yeah. Right. Like we, we knew we had potential, but we didn't play the games. We, we've now played the games and now we know like we, we can see, I don't want to say we can, we can see the ceiling cause it's so high up, but there's a ceiling to be met. And if, this team this year can meet it then we're gonna be really fucking good and i think we're very excited and in i don't know about your lift or on our lift today we all said this uh we can celebrate but we can't be satisfied because this is like a nibble of what we want to bite yes this is the small portion and a step in the right direction but it's not the end of the race and in many regards, this is the warm-up because the race has not even begun. Nope. Fall is the fall. We're still stretching. We could be undefeated in the fall. It doesn't matter until February. I think it's the 18th. We'll it say might February. Be, it might be the 16th. Let's see. 10th is the Saturday. February 17th, I believe. February 17th. Right in the middle. February 17th, I think, is our home opener. Well, it doesn't matter until that day. No, it does not. But, and we will be cold and miserable, but so happy and warm so at the same time. So happy. Flying around. And I'm honestly like, I, I think I was thinking about this earlier, about w- what that speech is going to look like. And in my head, the way that it goes is like, everybody, this was my speech before our first game of senior year, the one I talked about earlier where we got demolished, but like, to our, to our team, I was like, obviously coming out of COVID, I was like, remember when we couldn't think about being here? When shooting up, going through warm-ups and playing a game was something we dreamed of. Was something that wasn't possible. Remember every moment when you sat there on the wall, taking shots by yourself, doing push-ups, working out. Every moment where you didn't think we could be here. Remember that. And let that fuel you in the passion and the fire to go out here and enjoy being here. That's all you need to do. And I'm like... I. Get you pumped, dude. I'm I'm ready for like somebody to say the right thing before that game, and be like, "This is the beginning of the end." But realize that we control our own destiny. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, that's I a great. I think it. that's a great segue into our moment of the week. Moment of the two the weeks. Week. Moment of the two weeks. Are we doing moment of the past two weeks? Well, I guess because my moment of the week that I have to talk about is from two weeks ago. Okay, so we're we're not doing two moments. We're doing one moment from the past two weeks. With that being said, my moment of the week came from Saturday night in the bus on the way home after we won both games that we just talked about. And I would say probably 90% of the bus was singing Wagon Wheel together. A great song. Thank you, Darius Rucker. Uh, yeah. Me, mama, like, like, uh, Yuppers. Uh, yeah. That was Energy awesome. was high. Yes. And uh, we were all happy. So, 
Yeah. It just felt was, good. It was a great time. It just felt good. It felt really good. It felt, felt pure. Natural. So my moment of the two weeks, I'm going to take it back to October 9th, Monday, October 9th. And this was Monday night football. And I had to write a note in my phone when this happened because it was iconic right away. And we intended to use it last week when we were going to record, but we didn't record. Uh, so I'm going to read off exactly what I put down for my moment of the week here. <clears throat> Sent 9.17 p.m. The scene is Monday night football. The Raiders just scored a touchdown to go up 7-3 to three against the Green Bay Packers. My Green Bay Packers. I decide it's time to whip out my cheese head because the team needed it. We're down. We need a touchdown. It's a slow game. We needed it. I walk out of my room, sit down, cheese head on and everything. Jordan Love, under center, does a play action fake. I exclaim to the crowd of our apartment, Jordan Love touchdown right here. In that exact moment, he throws a horrible interception on a slant. To which this point, Nick begins hysterically laughing as I sulked in my pain. It was hilarious. It was the worst timing of my life. It was the greatest thing to witness. Because when he stood up, he said, it is time. And being his roommate, I knew exactly what that meant. I asked, are you grabbing it? I did not specify what he was grabbing. I asked him if he was grabbing it. And I knew what it was. To which he replied, yes. So I knew. And the second I heard Jordan Love touchdown right here, I knew there would not be a Jordan Love touchdown right now. And it was a horrible interception, too. Like, literally, he threw the ball to the Raiders he threw linebacker. threw at him. It, it wasn't a great play. He he. They played to catch. I was just glad <laughs> it wasn't a pick six because I would just have made the moment that much worse. But, oh, my God. It was a solid two minutes of Nick just dying laughing. It was awesome. And me sitting here blank face staring at the tv like and every time i looked up i started to recackle which was hilarious because you see the, you see the look of defeat and it only makes you more joyful good old time yes and uh as of the day that we we're recording right now the packers just had a bye week last week so we won the bye week we didn't lose the bye week we won the bye week and then we came out yesterday and lost to the denver broncos 19 to 17 and the Denver Broncos are not a good football team. And unfortunately, right now, it's looking like neither are we. Thank Honorable you. mention, moment of the week. As always, is going uh, to Wednesday PR class with Jana Tidwell. Uh, it has to. Can't not be. Has to. That's on me. That, that's, my, that's my honorable mention. She Did brought you? in a Kyle Schwarber cookie cake. So fun fact, fun fact about the die cookie cake. I don't know if you were in the classroom for that or not. Um, I pulled up and I saw her get out of her car and walk into the building. I got out of my car, walked in um, about a minute after she was walking in as I was parking. And I saw she had her goodies on her. Uh, when I got into class, she was opening them up and they fell onto the ground. Now, this is not a bad thing. I mean, it's, it sucked like to see it happen and whatever. Um, so I quickly ran to the bathroom and I grabbed um, some toilet paper to help clean up the, the scene. Right. She had like napkins. She's a mom. She has like napkins in her bag and all that. Um, and she was going to use them. Why, why, why use them? Like, that's your personal collection. The schools are free. Like, it's Villanova's now. It's Villanova's now, right? Um, 
Fucking that one ply shit, dude. Villanova's paying for our toilet paper. They're giving us one ply. Think of that. Shows uh, what we are in the pecking order. Really. Uh, anyways, get back in and I'm, I start helping her clean up. And she's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, of course. You know, I'm just being a nice guy. And then I destroyed like two pieces <laughs> of that college warper cookie cake. <laughs> she was like, do you want to cut it? And I was like, yeah, I'll cut it. And I go up and I, I have the knife and I, I look back like, and I'm like, hey, uh, Jana, you're a mom. Can can you cut it? I'll fuck it up. And she's like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I tried cutting my cake on my birthday this year. My mom yelled at me, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and then she cut it nice and perfect. Of course. <laughs> yeah. There's never a bad moment in public relations class on Wednesday. Nah, she makes it fun. She makes yes. it fun. And Jana, if you're listening, that's a compliment. Absolutely. Yep. Walter Payton Man of the Year Award gives Nick Mormando in that moment. There's probably still red stains on that carpet. But there's not as much red stains as there could have been. There could be more. There could have been more. And you said no. No. I probably, I, I probably could have like spread it out a little bit more. Let's throw on that carpet out next year. <laughs> Anyways, my honorable mention moment of the week. We're going to go to Sunday when me and Nathaniel Mazarek were at Team 10 practice. Shout out Team 10. Wearing the hat. He's wearing the camo hat. USA one's pretty tough. Um, it was just me and Nate with the training team, which I believe is 2034s yeah. and some 2033s. The rest of the team was in Delaware with um, our chandelier. chandelier, Sam Kirk. He was down. They had a tournament, and the training team doesn't go to that, so Garling asked us, uh, the guy who like organizes our – our former coach, I should say, who organizes our Team 10 schedule – Asked me, Nate, and Nick if we could come to the training team thing. Nick had plans, so it was just me and Nate. We got there. There were seven kids. But when I got there, there was four. And I get onto the field, and I just started laughing. I'm like, this is going to be, in my head, I'm like, this is going to be a shit show. I'm going to make this so much fun for these guys. We are going to make this so much fun. Straight Oklahoma drills for an hour and a half. Absolutely. So, like, I, I bring them all in. And first off, we were doing, like, passing with some of the kids. And I was asking them, I was like, one of them said, like, lacrosse isn't even my favorite sport. It's like my third favorite sport. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I like hockey and soccer better. I'm like, okay, can you guess what my favorite sport is? And they're like, well, lacrosse, duh. I'm like, it's actually hurling. It's an Irish sport. You'd love it. Nate starts dying laughing. And then I'm like, but you can probably guess what my second favorite sport is, right? Like, it's pretty straightforward. They're like, yeah, it's, it's lacrosse, isn't it? I'm like, now I'm a big croquet guy. Big croquet guy. Huge croquet guy. Huge. Um, and, and again, Nate just starts dying laughing. I was just having a comedy special. Messing with these kids. Uh, bring them in for the huddle. And I'm like, okay, guys, like, here's how today is going to work. You're going to run practice. Because we are here to make sure that you guys have fun. So me, me and Coach Nate, like, we'll help you guys out. But like, we're going to do what you guys want. You guys have the power. And the funny thing is they did not have the power at all. Like we were giving them not even options. We were telling them what to do and be like, yeah, you want to do this, right? Yeah, you chose. You this. told them the same drill just in two different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then we get into like we did this continue a three-on-three drill with seven guys. So there was one guy on offense the entire time. Did that for like 45 minutes because it was great time killer. Kids were having fun. It was awesome. Me and Nate were the goalies. And before this, we had done a shooting drill. Nate went in goal. And I told them when he was in goal, I was like, guys, like at school – Nate actually has a nickname. Call him Swiss Cheese. And I'm like, because if you've ever looked at Swiss Cheese, like, you know, there's a lot of holes in them. And if you shoot on Coach Nate, it's like shooting through Swiss Cheese. There's just holes everywhere. And these kids started 
laughing their asses off. They're like, Coach Nate, you're Swiss G every time they scored. And Nate's not trying a goal. Keep in mind, like, he doesn't want to get hit in the head. He doesn't want to get hit, period. So he's just not trying. And the kids are scoring left and right. And every time they score, they are chirping the living daylights out of them. <laughs> They're like, you're Swiss cheese. You're Swiss cheese. We were in a scrimmage. And my team kept winning because I was in goal. And I was just like, I was playing decently solid. The kids were just shooting right at my stick. And they kept shooting it and scoring on Nate. And every time they would just call him Swiss cheese. So now, <laughs> from now on, we have to call Nate. Swiss cheese when we're at Team 10. The kids love it. Yeah, Swiss. And I was behind it all. That's awesome. That's a memory those kids will never forget. Absolutely. We, that, had, we had a kid we called Swiss cheese back when I was a kid. He actually played on our team. He wasn't a coach. but <laughs> That and uh, we've started doing our rule number one with them. Ball control. What's rule number one? Ball, ball control. Ball control. Uh, and so we'll get them to like yell it as a group. It's awesome. That's awesome. I did that at the uh, at our eighth graders practice the one day. One of the... Uh, I think his name's Finn. I might be wrong. He's a uh, deep hole. I think he's an LSM. He's new to the club. And he was, like, saying, like, rule number one. And I'm like, you don't know what rule number one is, dude. And he's like, well, what's rule number one? And I was like, ask Coach Nate what rule number one is. And he's like, uh, Coach Nate? And he's like, what's up, man? He's like, what's, what's rule number one? And I'm just looking at him with a smile. And he goes, ball control. And the kid's like, oh, uh, thank you. And when Nate, when Nate says it, like no matter how tired he is, no matter what, you ask him what rule number one is, he will say it empathetically. Yeah. Ball control. It's it's awesome. And uh, the kid like turns around, like walks away, and I'm just like laughing. I'm like, yeah. He asked me like something about rule number one, and I'm like, you don't know nothing about rule number one. Nate knows all about rule number one. Ask him. And, you know, had a nice little laugh over it. Some good moments of the week. Moments of the two weeks. Some good moments. And some honorable of the week. mentions. And I think it is oh, time yeah. for us to get to the draft. So, uh, I do not have a draft, okay. and technically you're in the guest chair, so you get to pick the draft, and technically, if that's the case, you get to go first. And technically, if I get to pick the draft, and it's spooky season, I want Halloween movies. Or, do we do Halloween characters? No, let's do Halloween movies, because I'm going to kill this. You're going to kill it? That's Probably good. not, but... We'll do this. All right. Oh, so I guess I get to go first. Please do. Hmm. With the number one pick in the Halloween movie draft, I'm going to take the highest grossing horror movie of all time. It Chapter One. Wow. That's a very good movie. That is my favorite movie. My favorite horror movie. It. The original or the real one? Uh, the new one because it's way better. The original miniseries was like, okay, but like the new one, the first one, amazing. As I was dropping mine. Very good. Very good. Um, it's a Halloween draft. I'm going to go with the OG Halloween. That was going to, that was the other one that I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, the, the right answer for that situation. So the original 1980, whatever, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, my mom said she would get her and her, my, her and my aunts would get like so scared to watch that. It is a fun. Um, and I'm going to go with the other OG horror movie, Friday the 13th. Yeah. You gotta go Although, with. I'm going to go with Friday the 13th Part 5, Jason Lives. Big fan of Jason Voorhees. Because Friday, Friday the 13th, not Friday the 14th, 
That was almost a spinoff series where uh, something different happens. Uh, but Friday the 13th Part 5 is the best Friday the 13th movie. And that is mostly unique. Or is it Part 6? No, I think it's Part 6 is Jason Lives. Which I'm going to look this up right now to make sure I'm right. Um, Jason Lives is my pick. but I That's awesome. I'm going to go with uh, the Disney classic in Halloween Town. Halloween Town? Wow. Halloween Town. Okay. It, it was um, Part 6. Yes, because Part 5 was a new beginning, and that was where there was a fake Jason, and it was awful. It was a horrible movie. Yes, yes, yes. Part 6 is Jason Lives. Um, okay. I totally just like blacked out for a second. Um, my next pick, Halloween Town. Good one. Disney movie. Uh, I'm going to go with the other of the big three. Halloween. You got Michael Myers. Iconic. Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees. Of course. Iconic. But the guy that Jason Voorhees fought in a spinoff movie from 2000, I'm going with A Nightmare on Elm Street. That's a good one. Gotta get Freddy Krueger. Had to. A Nightmare on Elm Street. I kept on saying his name over and over and over in my head. That's a good one. It's a very good one. You know, I think this one, all in all, is a very, very good pick, and I'm happy I'm taking it at three because I fear I might not be able to take it at four. I'm going with the Adams family. Ooh, okay. I was not looking that direction. You're going a lot into like the animated realm a little bit. Yeah. I, I say that only because Halloween Town's Disney, and I think Disney animation, but like Halloween Town was definitely not animated yeah, at definitely, all. Definitely. And Adams family was also, also live action in some sense. True. I'm thinking of some. I'm thinking of a different version of that. Then, anyways, solid pickup. Thank you. I would not have selected that. So, yeah, I th- you know I will say the uh, the series Wednesday on uh, Netflix kind of popularized it more for me. Mm. I thought it was a pretty good series. I'm very happy that this fell into my plate because I went with a Wes Craven classic. Remember when Elm Street? I know number three, and I have to go with another Wes Craven classic that reinvented the horror genre i'm going with ghostface scream the original nice. scream i like that that's really really good i gotta agree i i really like my team right now so before we keep going i just wanted to to ask are we going with horror movies or halloween style movies so i'm going horror movies i think we can i okay. have written down halloween movies as my draft okay that's so you can take halloween movies okay yeah that's why i mean if you look at my first three they've all been halloween themed yes. that's not a knock on your list you have a great list i'm gonna change things up for my halloween theme though i think i know where you're going with this i don't even know where i'm going with this. <laughs> but i think this it's a good movie and I think if you haven't seen it, you sh- you should watch it. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, that is not where I thought you were going with. I thought you were going to take a, a night a Nightmare Before Christmas. No, and I was going to kind of get in the debate of like, is that a Halloween movie? Is that a Christmas movie? I think it's more of a Christmas movie. No, nah, I think I think Silence of the Lambs. That's a si- really good. The one. Silence of the Lambs is a yeah. very 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 good movie. That's a strong pickup at four, and it's also like terrifying if you like really watch it and like yes go deep into it. It's like holy shit. That's, oh that's terrifying. Wow. That's a really strong pick there. Now you have me thinking about what I want to do with this last one because I have some directions I could go. And 
Uh, I got to think of what I want to be my honorable mention and what I want to be. Uh, okay. I think. So after a very prolonged break where I had to figure out what the title of this movie was. And I literally was like thinking about the plot out loud. I could see the main character. I could see the ending. Hereditary. Hereditary, Hereditary is an outstanding and a terrifying movie that has to be on my list. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No. We need to watch it. It sounds like a good movie the way it is, that you're raving over. It is a movie about death, sadness. It's honestly like it's a psychological horror. And it doesn't get like creepy until way in the end. Hmm. But it's like, oh my god, it's so good. The ending is like I can't you know, I can't even put it into words. If you've seen Hereditary, you know it's fucking terrifying. It's just a fantastic movie overall. So that's gonna be my final pick, Hereditary. Holy cow. So I was looking for one also, and I couldn't find it. It was more it was made in in, in our lives. Um it's like a slasher film. Uh, only thing I really remember, it's like super dark guys, obviously a murderer. He has like his house booby trapped. Somebody walks in, they step into a bear trap and then like an ax falls through the ceiling and like hits him in the face. It's like the only thing I remember, um, from it. I don't remember the name, so it's not going to be this pick, but my number five is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's another OG it's a classic. That actually yeah. I think is, that's the original slasher movie. That oh, was it. Yeah. That was the first one. 1974. Before. Yeah, before Halloween, before Friday the 13th. That was the original slasher movie. It's a good movie. It is, and it started the genre. And I have to respect that because I'm a huge fan of the genre. I'm trying to think what movie you're, you're talking about. It came out recently, you said? Because it's not, not like Saw. Not recently, but like it came out in the past 20 years. In our like I, I was alive. And I remember like seeing like ads for it on TV. And then like I was like... And I wasn't a big, scary movie as, guy as a kid. Um, but like I, I never minded the slasher films. Like... I remember people were like, "Yeah, slasher films are scary." It's like, eh. It's like you'll watch you'll watch a movie where they they shoot up people, but like someone gets stabbed once, and it's like, oh, it's scary. Not not really. I'm more scared of like the exorcism shit. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't know. That's that's some scary shit. Like you can't stop a ghost from entering your body. You can you can try and stop somebody from stabbing you. Like I don't know. That's just how I I feel when I watch movies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's I not forget a, the name, dude. It, it was. It's not Cabin in the Woods, is it? That's one of my honorable mentions. I don't. I don't believe it is. That's the one with Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth. One of the Hemsworths is in it. I don't believe Very it good is. movie. Very good. Um, Evil Dead. That's a classic. Evil Dead. The you've never seen Evil Dead? I, I might have. I might have. The uh, oh, what's the book? It's like the Book of the Dead, but it's got the word. It's uh, the Necronomica. Never heard of the Necronomica. Not a, we have a lot of movies. You're a huge movie guy. You, you've never gone into the horror genre? Um, I could care about horror. Give me give me a comedy or a drama or an action. Wow. Okay, I'm going to start rallying occasional off. rom-com. One that, a big one that we did kind of miss, The Shining. That's a classic. I was going to say The Shining, but I, uh, Silence of the Lambs, we were left it. Yeah. Hotel Transylvania. I was going to say <laughs> Hotel Transylvania. See, because this was a Halloween movie. Yeah, I'm going to straight horror. Um, what's another one? Carrie, that's a good one. I just looked at it. Us. Us, good one. Jordan Peele, get out. 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 Or get out, right? Get out. Duh. Um and then what was it? Saw. Half to shadow yeah, yeah, saw. Yeah. There's like ten of those though. And then another one of my favorite, like just, just pure terrifying movies, Sinister. 
purely terrifying. Sinister. Describe sinister. Sinister is where the guy moves into a house. He's writing. He's an ex. He's an author who does true crime stories. He's investigating a murder of a family, and he moves into the house that they were murdered in, and some like creepy stuff happens and slowly they find out like what actually went down and it's like it's so, such a good movie sounds like a really good movie and it's terrifying the jump scares are some of the best jump scares in horror just in horror overall and the twist at the end is fucking incredible wow this is one of those so we actually watched this this summer um me and a bunch of my friends we put it on late at night <laughs> and it got to the point where we had to stop watching and be like Okay, I'm actually like, really scared right now. Like, we need to go to bed. And I'd already seen the movie, so I was like, okay, like, yeah, it's intense, and especially like at night. Oh yeah, it's tough. It's a tough it's watch. Not, you're not watching it at twelve o'clock, especially the first time when you don't like. I expect all the jump scares, and they still get me. Somebody who doesn't expect the jump scares, and you're just like, holy shit, what is that? And why is it happening in front of me? I remember I was like seventh or eighth grade. I went to the movies with uh, Connor Hughes's family. And I think it was like we were watching like Annabelle two or something, a movie with jump scares, right? And I've never seen like the Annabelle series before. Like I, I care about it, and I remember I went and like I know that jump scares are part of the movie, so like, I'm expecting jump scares. So like if I'm watching it, I'm like, this would be a good time for a jump scare. Like I'm 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 ready for it. And I remember I took a sip of my soda and I put my soda back down and I'm watching. And I go jump scare, and then literally. As I said it, like right after there was a jump scare, and Connor starts dying laughing. He's like, "How the hell did you do that?" It's a good time. Yeah, it, it gets to the point sometimes where you see it, and then that's where the directors fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Like in it, chapter two, they do it really well. Where, where they, you think there's going to be, they a jump lead scare. up to a jump scare. Like you go, there's a scene where Eddie, old Eddie, is down in a basement. He goes for a curtain, and you're expecting something to be behind the curtain that's going to jump out, and he quickly moves it away, and there's nothing there, and then it changes to a shot of his face and standing right behind him is like the leper that he's terrified of and it's just like and it's like holy shit it worked he got me he got me yep um eddie muschietti is the director of it andrew muschietti not eddie who the fuck is eddie sounded good andrew muschietti sorry um sorry andrew great draft Let's do a quick little recap. A little recap. You want to start us off? Team Fridge. We have It, Chapter 1 specifically. Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'll go with the original, although if you're an OG, you know Dream Warriors is the best Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Scream, the original, best one. And Hereditary, which only took me five minutes to find the title of. Sounds like a good movie, though. I have Halloween, the original. Halloween Town. The Adams Family, Silence of the Lambs, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Two very different lists. Two very different lists. I'm very curious how uh, how the vote ends up. And uh, make sure you are voting because I want to I want to see who you I think have, has haven't the had many draft. votes in the past couple yeah. polls. It pisses me off. Now a couple sides of that, more people might be on YouTube than they are on Spotify these days. That is true. And if you are on YouTube, just shoot us a comment and tell us who you think. Comment won the draft. who you think won the draft. It's not that hard, fellas. It really isn't. Uh, Lady any fellas, <laughs> any final thoughts here? This was a fun episode. It was a very fun episode. I think we have to do this more often. I think obviously we're going to. We should. Um, we're entertaining. We are. We are entertaining folk. Um, yeah. Shout out Cabrini Men's Lacrosse. We're doing something special. Twenty-seven uh, together. 
Yeah, shout out to the people that, that make this possible. Uh, we thank you all. Fergie? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We got uh, we got some big stuff that we're going to be able to look forward to this year. Uh, we'll try to get back to interviews next week. Try to have a guest on, kind of hear uh, hear some of their thoughts on what's going on. We have Halloween Havoc this week. Yeah, that's going to be very fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah. And uh, I think if everything goes well, our, our next guest will be uh, a very special person in the Cabrini Lacrosse family. It could be, yeah. It could be. Uh, keep keep your eyes peeled. We will uh, keep you on your toes. Um, trying to think of guys to shout out. Uh, shout out to Eamon Schaffer. Give me a nice call on a, on Thursday. Made my day. It's always great to hear from him. Uh, he's a beautiful human being. Hell yeah. And then shout out to Papu. That is Nate's grandfather because I was shooting the shit with him down in Ocean City, New Jersey. He's just fucking beast. Shout out Nate's mom and Mazurk. And is another beast was able to see her she's awesome all the families honestly let's give a shout out to them they made that experience made the trip down there awesome oh yeah and um i mean there's only one other person that you have to shout out at this point of the episode yeah uh real quick before we do that uh shout out mom dad vincent uh marissa thank you yeah uh shout out jules shout out jules you you are loved my friend. thank you for listening and we'll see you next time